With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Here on Stolen Lives, we discuss brutal and heartbreaking crimes against children. Themes may include child murder, torture, and sexual domestic and child abuse. I do try my best to remain respectful for the babies in these stories and leave out unnecessary details that, honestly, none of us need to know to understand the frustration of why and how this ever happened. However, if you find any of these themes triggering, this podcast may not be for you. Listener discretion is advised. February 2019, Bridgeton, New Jersey. A mother walks to a local Walgreens with her two young children. An unknown assailant ambushes her from behind, kicking and punching her as she lies helpless on the ground, desperately trying to protect her baby who is strapped to her chest. In the midst of the attack, the assailant snatches her eldest son, 23-month-old Daniel, in his stroller and he flees, leaving the mother lying on the ground screaming for help. But an investigation into the truth would reveal unthinkable horrors. And this attack never happened. Daniel was in fact murdered by his own mother. This is Daniel's story. Okay. Your baby's injured as well? I fell on top of him. You fell on top of him? How old is he? I'm <laughs> Do you see the police? Yes. Okay, we're going to start an ambulance over there as well, okay? And how old is your son? <laughs> Friday, February 8th, 2019. 24-year-old Nakira Griner took her two young sons to walk to a Walgreens in downtown Bridgeton, New Jersey. Her newborn son strapped to her chest and her eldest son, 23-month-old Daniel Joshua Griner Jr. being pushed in his stroller. The two boys were unwell. Daniel was not drinking his milk and his younger brother not drinking his formula. Griner would later state she was worried about dehydration and wanted to buy some Pedialyte, which helps prevent or treat dehydration. And this was something Griner was very educated about. Her husband and the boy's father, Daniel Sr., was a nurse. Griner would place the first of four phone calls to 911. Griner would state she was walking in the area of Devonshire Place and Glen Drive. That she was attacked by an unknown man from behind. He knocked her down and kicked and punched her in the head and torso. Griner desperately trying to protect her newborn baby who was still strapped to her chest. This baby was her first priority. That the next thing she knew, the kicks and punches stopped and when she looked up, Griner saw this unknown man running off with the stroller, Daniel still sitting inside. In the recording of one of the first of the 911 calls made by Griner, the dispatcher struggled getting the necessary information from Griner, who was understandably frantic and panicking. And this really did delay getting the police on the scene to search for Daniel. Eventually, the dispatcher was able to calm Griner down to a point Griner tells her she was hiding. But the call gets disconnected before she says where she is and who she is hiding from. It would take another two calls before the entire picture of the attack was revealed. 
Now, obviously, there was a lot of urgency in the search for baby Daniel. Police combing through surveillance footage from the area of the alleged assault. Griner was taken in by Bridgeton Police because the 911 call was very disjointed and police wanted a clear statement of what actually happened here. Griner had nothing stolen. The unknown man did not demand any money or take her purse. She was wearing expensive jewellery too, one being her $5,000 engagement ring. But as I said, nothing was taken. It seemed the robbery wasn't the motive, so what was? Was this an intended child abduction scenario the entire time? But then police realised nothing Griner was saying about the attack was consistent with the surveillance footage. And as police tell Griner this, she changes her story that the attack happened in a different location. That she had gotten confused when she said Devonshire Place and Glen Drive. But police could find no video to corroborate her claims. And despite claiming she was attacked, she had no physical injuries. Add on to that when questioned, Griner could not provide any description of the man who attacked her or the route she ran after the attack. She could not provide what direction the men went with her son. She couldn't provide police with anything. Only that Daniel, quote, liked going with strangers, unquote, and that she didn't remember hearing him screaming during the attack, which is all a very odd thing to say. Nikira Griner agreed to take a polygraph, and then she doesn't. Griner seemed to really feel targeted by the police, stating she had told the police everything they wanted to know already and why were they asking her to take a polygraph when they should be out looking for Daniel. Now, as we see in all missing child cases, police usually want to clear the parents first. It isn't unusual and it isn't targeting. The reality is, most missing children are made missing by a parent or a close family member. It makes sense to police to clear that possibility first quickly, but Griner would hear nothing of it. It wouldn't be until her husband and Daniel's father, Daniel Griner Sr., speaks to her that she then agrees to take the polygraph. And Daniel Sr. is easily cleared because surveillance video at the hospital where he worked confirmed he was there during his entire 12-hour shift, and that covered the time period during which Daniel went missing. So Griner agreed to sit for the polygraph, and it would be to the surprise of no one listening right now that she would fail the test miserably. Detectives again questioned Griner. It was obvious at this point she knew more of what happened to her son than she was letting on. Griner would then just start crying and saying it was an accident, that she was carrying both children down the stairs to go get the Pedialyte as the boys were sick and not drinking. But then Daniel slipped out of her grasp and fell headfirst down the stairs, that when she reached Daniel he was bleeding and shivering and unconscious. He was already bruising. But instead of tending to this obviously seriously injured baby, instead of calling 911 for the paramedics to save this child's life, Griner's first priority was cleaning up the mess before her husband got home. She went and grabbed some dirty laundry and was wiping up the blood coming from her son. Griner then placed Daniel in the stroller, and on the walk to the store for the Pedialyte, she decided to just leave him in the stroller, quote, because she wanted someone to find him and help him because no one would believe her, unquote. This made completely no sense, and the detectives knew this. When they pressed further, Griner admitted as much she had come up with this elaborate story because no one was going to believe her due to Daniel's previous injuries. 
that the family had been reported previously for bruises seen on Daniel. That her and Daniel Sr. would strike Daniel with a belt for not doing what he was told and not eating his food. That they had hit him so hard he had visible bruises on his legs, bottom, arms and face. Griner stated because of the bruises this baby had, that she felt she had no choice but to cover up the accidental fall, because no one would believe her this was all an accident. No shit. Police doubled down. There was a concern there, because if Daniel was still alive, we're talking about a potential gravely injured child out in the cold winter New Jersey weather. If Daniel was still alive, there was some urgency there to find him and fast. But Grona did not want to budge one inch on her abandoned child in the stroller scenario. So police did the only thing they could do. They continued searching the streets of Bridgeton for the missing toddler. A search that included city police, Cumberland County Prosecutor's Office and the New Jersey State Police. The New Jersey State Police brought bloodhounds in an attempt to track Daniel's scent. But the only son of Daniel was a few blocks away from where she claimed she left her son. Police found his stroller with only a pair of red sneakers inside. Police did not give up, though. They looked for Daniel all through the night into the early morning hours of Saturday, February 9th, 2019. But the search for missing 23-month-old Daniel Griner Jr. would end at his home in circumstances no one could ever have imagined. Saturday, February 9th, 2019, 1.30am. Police attended to the Griner family home at 21 Woodland Drive. The police report would state that despite the early morning hours, all the windows of the home were open and the fans were running. This did nothing to hide the distinct burning odour that filled the home. Police began a search of the home, looking for any evidence to what happened to Daniel. Police were sombre as they knew in their hearts that Daniel was no longer alive. In the backyard of the home near a shed, police found trash bags and inside what they initially thought was charred meat, but it wasn't. Inside the trash bags was the burnt and dismembered remains of little Daniel Griner Jr. Additional pieces of Daniel were found in Griner's Hello Kitty handbag, found partially buried close by. The bag also had a shoe print consistent with the Ugg boot Griner was wearing. Griner also had dirt on her knees. Daniel's autopsy showed a whole host of injuries on this sweet little guy. Fractures to his ribs, a broken left arm. Daniel's skull was broken into about 74 pieces. It took forensic anthropologist Evan Bird around 40 hours to put Daniel's skull back together using adhesive tape, just so he could determine how the bone damage occurred. Daniel had a fracture on his left tibia, an injury that is not something that occurs by accident. It is actually a tough bone to crack. But these types of fractures are generally seen with a violent yanking of the limb, causing a small fracture to the joint area. What was clear, what happened to Daniel was no isolated event. This was a cause of sustained abuse. That Daniel had been abused for quite some time, but this last time went too far and it cost him his life. 
The remains of 23-month-old Daniel Griner Jr. were found in Bridgeton, New Jersey around 3 a.m. Saturday morning in the yard of his home, according to Cumberland County prosecutors. This after Daniel's mother, Nakira, reported him missing Friday afternoon. Prosecutors have now charged the 24-year-old Griner with first-degree murder, endangering the welfare of a child, desecration of human remains, and tampering with evidence. She's currently being held at Cumberland County Jail. A family friend who wished to not be identified says she's in shock. Hearing this, as soon as I seen, like it went on my Facebook, that's the first, thought, first thing I saw. The first thing I saw, and I started pacing back and forth, wishing it's not true. Neighbors were also stunned to find out why authorities were working through the night just down the street from their front door. Sad. Like, we was very shocked. I have two boys of my own, and I can't imagine something like that happening, or a mother doing that to her own child. It's, it's very sad and disturbing at the same time. You know this family intimately. Yes, I do. I love them. I'll do anything for them. They're everything. And just hearing this broke my heart. And my husband confirming it, and now you confirming it, it's hard. Daniel's mother, Nakira Griner, was charged with first-degree murder, second-degree endangering the welfare of a child, second-degree desecration of human remains, and fourth-degree tampering with evidence, charges that Griner would plead not guilty for. Police also wanted to charge her with public alarm because of the 911 calls and the statements to police claiming her son was abducted. But Griner's legal team then sought to have the police statement she gave barred from being admitted at trial as well as fouling the polygraph. And this was all granted by the judge, because police did not properly advise her of her constitutional rights against self-incrimination. Basically, she wasn't read her Miranda rights. Griner's team would then claim Daniel's death was an accident, that Griner was suffering from postpartum psychosis, which she wanted to receive treatment for, but her husband wouldn't let her. And because of all of this, she wasn't fit to stand trial. A competency evaluation was ordered, and while the doctor did agree Griner suffered from postpartum psychosis, Griner understood the nature of her actions and the consequences of her actions, that she was competent to stand trial. The prosecution weren't keen to go to trial either. For them, they didn't want to put Daniel's extended family through the pain of hearing all the details at trial. They offered Griner a plea deal, where she would serve 30 years in prison in return of a guilty plea to the murder charge, but this would be declined. The trial was scheduled to commence August 2022, but at this point Griner had fired her legal team and had a new attorney, Jill Cohen. And to allow her to prepare for the trial, the trial was moved to December 2022. But the delay would mean that Griner had been imprisoned for more than two years awaiting trial. And under state criminal justice reform measures introduced in 2017, this was against basic human rights to a fair and speedy trial. Attorney Jill Cohen argued this should mean Griner be released pre-trial. However, this was denied due to the emotional and traumatising nature to the charges. Something that did make me sick and just shows what kind of monster this woman is. Before she murdered her son... Griner liked to believe she was this aspiring YouTube influencer, and she would post regularly about fashion and makeup. While in prison, Griner made a phone call to a family member, almost gloating about how many views her YouTube channel had gotten since her arrest and how happy that made her. I mean, I get looking at situations with a positive mind, but she murdered her son, and here she is acting like it was a good thing for her celebrity. 
The trial would finally commence December 12, 2022, in front of presiding judge George Gangloff Jr. The prosecution alleged Griner abused her son and ultimately killed him. However, the defence denied Griner intentionally caused Daniel's death. Although they would now admit Griner was guilty of burning and disposing the toddler's remains, that she did lie to the police about the abduction, but there was no credible evidence that she committed the murder. Daniel Griner Sr. did take the stand. He would state the day before Griner reported Daniel missing. He returned home from work at 7.30pm and Griner told her husband the kids were already asleep and that she didn't want him going into their room and risk waking them up. Daniel Sr. thought it was strange at the time because this was earlier than Daniel's usual bedtime, but he had no reason to question his wife. The next day, Daniel Sr. testified he spoke to Griner via Facebook during his lunch break and she told him again he couldn't see the children because they were both napping. Daniel's family all attended every day of the hearing, all wearing buttons with a picture of the happy smiling boy they had lost and a large photo of Daniel was on display in the courtroom. After the two-week trial on January 4, 2023, Nikira Griner was found guilty. Guilty of first-degree murder, disturbing or desecrating human remains, tampering with evidence, and endangering the welfare of a child. Before sentencing, several family members offered victim impact statements to the court, calling Griner selfish and uncaring. One of those family members was Daniel's paternal grandmother, Patricia Erland, quote, He was my precious grandson. He was a sweet child and you stole him away from me. You had no thought of how your actions would destroy our entire world. You're a monster. My only hope is you live the rest of your life behind these bars and suffer with the thoughts of what you did to Daniel, unquote. Patricia went on to say that all she wanted was for Griner to think about the things that apparently mattered to her more than her own child. Quote, think of the things you will no longer have. No pretty hair, no nails, no constantly spending money on foolish things. Michael Kors and Chanel won't help you in prison. Unquote. As the family members spoke, Griner did not look up once. She also declined to speak when given the chance to address the court. And she remained emotionless when on February 21st, 2023, she was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for the murder charge. She will also serve consecutively seven years on the desecration count and a five-year sentence for the endangerment charge. Supreme Court Judge George Gengloff Jr. grew emotional as he spoke about the severity of Griner's actions, calling her crimes beyond comprehension, quote, you shattered his skull into a dozen pieces. You fractured his ribs. And then after his death, you put his remains in an oven and cooked, baked or incinerated him. Whatever verb you choose, they're all equally horrible. Unquote. Daniel Griner Jr. will forever be missed by his family and by his baby brother that he will never be able to become best friends with. Daniel would later be described by his family as a happy boy who was always smiling. He loved running around following his mum and dad around the house. His favourite food was Cheetos and favourite movie Shrek. Another sweet young life taken far too soon by someone who should have protected him. Rest in peace, Daniel. If you have your own thoughts and theories on the case we discussed today, 
or any case we talk about on Stolen Lives. Please search Stolen Lives on Facebook. Like the page so you don't miss an episode and join the discussion group to talk about your thoughts and theories. You can also talk to us on Twitter, search lives underscore stolen, or on Instagram, Stolen Lives Podcast. If you like what you heard today, we would appreciate it if you share this episode on your social media of choice and subscribe and leave a positive review on your podcast app. Today's episode was researched and written by me, Ali. Hosting and production was also by me, Ali. Music is by Mayu.